Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to talk about living like it's in the last days. Because guys, it is the last days. It really is. Now, it's been the last days for a long time, but uh, without diving into all of the theology about the end of the world called eschatology, all this kind of stuff, there are messages and warnings in the scripture about the final return of Christ. And Christ will come back. He's going to come back sooner than many people think. Now, it's going to be a complete surprise to the people who are not believers at all. They're just going along. In fact, uh, there's a verse in 2 Peter 3 about, you know, people will, will begin mocking. You know, where is this Where is this coming back? Things have always been. Well, not always. Ask the generation of Noah. And the scripture there in that same section of Peter says that the earth is reserved for fire. So it's going to go out in a blazing glory is how it's going to finally all end. And uh, But for, for the Christians, we are tasked with keeping a lookout. Now, there's no sign somebody's going to calculate. It's all these guys on the internet saying, oh, the, the, look, this is the sign. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Well, that's a bunch of balderdash. Um, that's not correct. But the scripture does tell us to be aware of the signs, that there are things that are going to, uh, things that are going to show up that will tell us that the end is coming and we have to be ever more vigilant. And in, uh, in uh, Matthew 24, he talks about some of these signs, but what we're going to look at is the parables he attached to these. So he did this entire discourse talking about the end times, the tragedy it's going to be, that he's going to come back. And then he kind of concludes this with these parables. Now, remember, the parables were not neat little stories. Some people, this is a, a, a big, huge error talked about in some Sunday school classes, like Jesus taught in parables to give rememberable stories. Ever hear that? That is an absolute, utter, and entire lie. In fact, Jesus says, I speak in parables so that the people will not understand. <laughs> then he says, I speak to you, his disciples, plainly. Um, in fact, that's prophesied in Isaiah as well. Uh, but what we want to look at is these parables are to teach us as believers about the end times. And he gives two parables. Now, some people will say this is three parables. Some people say it's two parables and then a final judgment. Um, let's, on this sake of this video is, let's do two parables and then a statement on the final judgment. This is actually sort of extracted from part of our book four foundation study, uh, the second to the last section, which I think I describe in my notes in there as three parables. It's kind of split 50-50. Let's just go with two parables uh, and a final thing. So the first of these is the parable of the ten virgins. So if you remember the parable of the ten virgins, um, it starts out, the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For uh, when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in their flasks along within their lamps. So, extra oil. Alright, so now when the bridegroom was delaying, they got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will be not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in uh, to him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. 
Be on alert then, for you do not know the day or the hour. So again, this is that verse that's often used. You know, nobody can even begin. It's just going to spontaneously happen instantly and nobody's going to know it. No, there's a lot of signs. He begins talking about the signs. But the purpose of this parable is to be prepared. This is, this is the core central parable for the end day preppers. Come on, guys, be prepared. Have your stores. Be alert. Be on watch. And have your stores ready. In other words, at the end times, during the end times, what you have to do is you have to be ready. What does it look like to be ready in the end times? To have the tools of Bible study, to know your God, to be a prayer warrior, to go out and commission, do the Great Commission, preach the gospel at all times, serve mankind. We're going to get into this. Now, the second parable is the parable of the talents. Uh, picking up uh, Matthew 25, verse 14. He says, For it will be just like a man who goes about on a journey. He calls his own slaves and entrusts them his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately the one he received the five talents went out, traded them, and gained five more. This In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent uh, went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came in and brought five more, saying, See, master, you've entrusted me with five. I've gained five more. His master said to him, Well done, you good and faithful servant. For you were faithful with few things. I will put you in charge with many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And to the one who had received two talents, he came in and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents, and see, I have gained two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with few things, and I will put you in charge of the many things. Enter into the joy of the master. And the one who had received one talent came and said to him, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, what I have is yours." But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow, where I gathered where I scattered no seeds. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and then on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more, <clears throat> more shall be given him, and he will have an abundance. The one who does not have even what he has will be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, into that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. So in this parable, he's talking about giving us, now in this case, it's giving us the money, but this is also a, uh, a parallel for God gives us all spiritual gifts. He gives us all abilities. And we are to take these things and to use these things for the glory of his kingdom. Remember that verse. I talk about it all the time. Um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good, unto good works, in which he prepared in advance for us to do. So in other words, our task as a Christian is to get out and do these good works. We have to get out there and use our skills and abilities. We have to get out there and we have to sow the seeds. Okay, there is some strong correlates to this concept and to the parable of the sower. He goes out, he throws the seeds. Some of the seed grows on the fertile ground. Some of the seed grows, you know, lands on the path. Some of it grows in the shallow soil and up and among the weeds. There's some differences between what each of these are doing. But the fact of the matter is if we allow ourselves to be taken in by the weeds, we will fail in our task of actually serving the kingdom of God. 
when we do not use the talents that God has given us to advance his kingdom and his glory, we are that wicked servant who whatever we have will be taken away from us and it will be instead given to those who have used their gifts faithfully. So live like it's the end times. Use your gifts. This is not about our fun. This is not about our pleasure. This is not about our existentialism. This is about the glory of God. Live like we are in those last days. Now the part where some people will say this is uh, a parable and some people will say it is not. This is going through the rest of the chapter. We're not going to read all this verbatim. Um, but this is where, is where he goes out. In fact, it picks up um, in verse 31. Uh, let's go ahead and read it. Why not? We'll be a little long, but that's okay. When the Son of Man will come in his glory and the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as a sheep uh, shep, uh, excuse me, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put his sheep on, those, on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you what the found, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say to them, Truly, to the extent you did it to one of these of my brothers of mine, even to the least, you did it of me. And he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, you did not, uh, sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will say to themselves, well, uh, then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not take care of you? He will say, to the, le to the extent that you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go into eternal punishment, but the righteousness into eternal life. Now, do our works save us? No. This language is used in what is termed the phenomenological. In other words, the phenomenological means that we are justified before God, but when we are justified before God, the end result will be our doing good works. It will be that outward sign. It will be that evidence. This is what James is talking about in the latter part of James chapter 2, that to have faith means to do good works. It doesn't mean that the good works save us. It's that the outpouring of the expression of the true Christian life leads itself unto good works, rendered to helping to alleviate the suffering of mankind. Live like it's the end days. We are no longer, even in the Christian church, living like the end days. We're so focused on our pleasure. We're so focused on our fun. We're so focused on our entertainment. We have been stupefied by our phones, by our Netflix accounts, by, by the perpetual ability of everything that we could possibly ever desire at our fingertips, and that all distracts us from the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying to never have fun. I'm not saying never to go out and enjoy yourself. Part of life is to enjoy it, and that's to the glory of God. But the point is, we have to be doing things for the kingdom of Christ. And it has to be a priority to us, not something that we do later or when we have some extra time or when we feel like it. Live like it's the end times. Those people who have lived like the end times have always resulted in more fruit, more blessing, more spreading of the kingdom of God. 
So thanks for coming along on this daily walk. Have a look at the links in the description down below if you want to help support the channel and enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.